although the petrol boat had now started evasive zigzagging whilst firing its guns, I held my aim steady and ensured a long burst from my guns hit the target. Hello and welcome to the Blue Skies Podcast. I'm PR Ganapati, your host. Today we have the honor of hosting Air Marshal PM Ramachandran, a veteran of the Indian Air Force. He's known as Ramo to his colleagues and friends. Marshal Ramachandran was commissioned in 1955 in the fighter stream. He saw action against the Portuguese in Dio, for which he was awarded a Shaurya Chakra, at that time called Ashok Chakra Class 3. And we're going to speak about that incident with him today. Marshal Ramachandran qualified as a test pilot at the Empire Test Pilot School, spent many years testing different aircraft in the Air Force, he was one of the first non-Russian pilots to be allowed to fly the dreaded MiG-25 Foxbat, which he flew at 2.8 Mark and 26 kilometers or 70,000 feet above the ground, a sortie for which he was wearing a pressure suit, the likes of which uh, Yuri Gagarin wore when he went to space. And Marshal Ramachandran also was responsible for a lot of the navigation and attack system development on the Jaguar. He commanded a frontline MiG-21 Squadron, 28 Squadron, the first supersonics. He commanded Air Force Station Ambala, which is a frontline base, and uh, retired as Vice Chief in 1993. He now lives in Chennai. As a result of his advancing years, he's not able to speak for very long, but we're really happy uh, to have him join us. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you for having me. Sir, perhaps I can ask uh, you to start off by giving us the background to the conflict with uh, Portugal. On 15th August 1947, British rule of India came to an end and India became an independent sovereign state. All princely states and French colonies in India were integrated into the Indian Union in due course, except the Portuguese colonial pockets of Goa, Diu, and Daman. The Portuguese government was adamantly refusing to hand over these territories to India. And finally, the Indian government ordered the armed forces to liberate these territories by military action. Army, Navy and Air Force were tasked as appropriate. However, this operation was termed a police action for diplomatic expediency and hence gallantry awards 
were given by civil equivalents only. It was codenamed Operation Vijay and was launched on 18th December 1961 and successfully completed in just 40 hours. It ended officially with the Portuguese Governor-General Manuel Antonio Vassalio de Silva signing the instrument of surrender to the commander of the Indian forces, Major General K.P. Candath at 20.30 hours on 19th December 1961. Thus, the 451 years of Portuguese rule over Goa came to an end. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, sir. And within the operations, what was the role of the Indian Air Force and which units uh, participated? For Operation Vijay, Armament Training Wing, ATW, at Jamnagar was made responsible for offensive air operations and close air support to the Army in the DU sector. Its resources comprised of its own PAI, Pilot Attack Instructor School Fleet of Vampire Jet Fighters, and two squadrons, number 4 squadron with Tiffany aircraft, and number 23 squadron with NATS, both undergoing training and assessment at Jamnagar at that time. Vampires and Tiffany's were used for offensive ground attack and close air support operations and NATS for air defense of the air base and area of operations. And where were you at that time and what were you doing there? I was a flight lieutenant posted as an instructor in the PAI school. Immediately after having undergone the PAI course earlier in 1959, this had given me an excellent opportunity to hone my skills in attack tactics and accuracies, which played a decisive part in my success in the operation I have recounted. So tell us what happened on the morning of 18 December. On the morning of 18 December 1961, the first day of commencement of hostilities, I was detailed to lead a section of two Vampire Mark 52 aircraft for an offensive recce stroke close air support mission over DU with flying officer Bhavani Shankar Bundi as my wingman. Each aircraft was armed with four 60-pound medium rocket projectiles, MRPs, under its wings and its four Orlikon 20mm cannons were loaded with 100 rounds of ball ammunition per gun. ATW being a training outfit did not have high explosive HE ammunition for the guns. We took off from Jamnagar in the early hours of the morning and on reaching the operational area near Dio, 
I established radio contact with the forward air controller, FAC, as assigned by him in consultation with the local army commanding officer. We attacked with rockets the Portuguese gun bunkers covering the only connecting causeway between the island and the mainland to the north. These were effectively blocking our army advance. Our rocket attack caused significant damage to the target and more such attacks by other sections followed to neutralize the opposition. Since our aircraft had unspent gun ammunition, I asked the FAC for a suitable secondary target. I got an odd response from the FAC to fire at Dayu town and my repeated request for a specific target got the same answer. As it was patently ill-justified to harm our own civil population and was not a designated military target of the operations, I decided to ignore it and flew around searching for a suitable military target. I then noticed a fast petrol boat of medium size heading out from the fort on the eastern side of the island towards an Indian Navy ship standing about two miles offshore towards the southwest. The ship was iron as Delhi as revealed later. I then descended to about 200 feet and flew towards the petrol boat from east to west to identify whether the boat was friendly or hostile. As I was closing in, the boat and the fort opened fire at me. This was very evident as the enemy had interspersed tracer bullets in their gun ammunition and hence the trail was clearly visible to me. It was too late to open fire from my side and I passed over to the west, luckily unharmed. My number two was also not hit. I immediately declared the target as hostile and decided to attack. I planned to execute the attack heading towards the northeast so that I could avoid flying over the gun emplacements of the fort and if my aircraft was hit, I might be able to bail out over land in Indian territory behind our army lines. Accordingly, I turned around in a left-hand circuit going over the sea at low level and went into a steep pull-up attack rolling in towards the target in a 10 to 12 degree dive. Although the petrol boat had now started evasive zigzagging whilst firing its guns, I held my aim steady and ensured a long burst from my guns hit the target. When I reached a safe distance away, I turned round and saw the petrol boat had come to a standstill, but had not been destroyed since the ball ammunition of our guns had no explosive characteristic. 
I glanced at my fuel gauge and decided that I could squeeze in one more quick attack. That almost sounds like a scene straight out of the movie Dunkirk, where the boat is dead in the water and the fighter is coming around to launch another attack. I used a tighter attack pattern, starting the firing at a slightly longer distance and kept all four guns blazing till pulling out of the dive. The stationary target made aiming easier to put the whole burst right into the target. It was when I glanced back after the pullout that I saw a huge column of smoke in mushroom form and wondered why there was such a huge explosion. Since the fuel state was a cause of concern, I set course towards base. My wingman Boondi also was keeping up well with me all the while. We climbed up to medium height and using optimum fuel consumption settings, landed safely at base with rather low fuel state. Our flying time for the sortie was over one hour. On inspection, my aircraft was seen to have sustained some minor damages repairable on site. We then reported to Scholinade Nabi Clark, the officer in charge of PAA flight, and Wing Commander Mickey Blake, the chief instructor for debrief, and recounted the happenings. The pilots of other missions over the area also reported their observations of the smoldering target that was visible from long distances. The whole episode of 18th was in full view of our Navy's INS Delhi and our Army on the mainland shores, with whom our Air Force FAC was attached. I am sure they would have made their reports to their respective higher echelons as observed by them. This was the very first experience for almost all of us and the realization that we were in a real shooting war with a real enemy that was far from the usual range practice started to sink in. There was no talk of any gallantry award at all as none of us had any familiarity of this aspect. I know the hostilities were fairly short, but did you fly any other combat sorties? On 19 December, I carried out one more sortie over DU of offensive recce on a Vampire T-55 two-seater aircraft with Flight Lieutenant Amir Kumar Laddu Sen, also an instructor at PI school. This was a tame affair in comparison with my first, as Portuguese resistance had all but crumbled by this time. One of the newspapers reported the next day, a stream launch with 10 Portuguese soldiers was fired upon by Indian forces and destroyed. Nine of the 10 soldiers were killed. The survivors captured. The fighting raged for 16 hours. So what happened after that? A few days after Ops Vijay, I left to undergo 
a one-year course at the Empire Test Pilot School, ETPS, Farnborough, UK, in September 62. I received an envelope of error quarters and to my great surprise found it contained letters of con- congratulating me on the award of Ashok Chakra Class 3 from four big shots. Marshal A.M. Engineer, DFC, Chief of the Air Staff, Air Vice Marshal Arjun Singh, DFC, Air Headquarters, Air Vice Marshal E.W. Pinto, AOCNC Operational Command, IAF Palam, and Sri O. Pulla Reddy, Defense Secretary. Did you have any inkling whatsoever that you had been nominated? This was the first time I heard about the award, which no doubt made me happy and proud. I wrote a short reply to AVM Arjun Singh, expressing my gratitude and assurance for continued dedicated service. After my return to India, I received the award formally from President Dr. S. Radhakrishnan at the investiture ceremony held at Rashtrapati Bhavan on 8th October 63. Mine was the only gallantry award for IAF in respect of Ops Vijay. Can we trouble you to read the citation out to us? The short citation for the award Ashok Chakra Class 3 read in full at the investiture those days later renamed Shaurya Chakra, reads as below. On 18 December 1961, Flight Lieutenant Ramachandran was detailed to lead a section of two vampires in close support of the ground forces in Dio. While flying over the area, he noticed a petrol boat heading towards an iron ship which was about two miles from the shore. On his own initiative, he decided to fly low to survey the petrol boat when the Portuguese opened heavy fire at his aircraft from the boat as well as Fort Otadayu. Undeterred by this hostile fire, he attacked and blew up the petrol boat which was full of high explosives. During the attack, his aircraft was damaged by hostile fire. Flight left Ramachandran displayed courage and initiative of a high order. Wow, that's just amazing. Thank you, sir. Reflecting back on the incident, what do you think was happening? What do you think uh, their intentions were? I initially believed that significance can be attached to the petrol boat being full of high explosives, boat moving towards iron ship Delhi and capture of a soldier from the boat from from an interrogation of the captured soldier and later of other surrendered Portuguese, it would indicate that the petrol boat was on a mission to ram into the stationary INS Delhi, gaining proximity 
by false pretensions. That, if successful, would have been a serious blow, as in the case of USS Cole in Aden Harbor in Yemen on 12th October 2000. With the passage of time, what have we learnt about the incident? Since it first happened, a good amount of literature has been published from the Portuguese side. The boat they attacked was NRP Vega, a micro warship equipped with a 20mm cannon with a crew of eight. It was commanded by 2nd Lieutenant Olivio A. Carmo of the Portuguese Navy. He had received orders to engage the Indian forces on the morning of December 18th. And though outgunned, he set sail to engage INS Delhi. I encountered the petal boat en route and the exchange of fire took place. Olira A. Carmo was hit in the first pass and he died heroically at the helm as the Vega went down. Another seaman, Ferreira, died in the same attack, while a third seaman, Jardina, died of injuries later. Five of the Vega's crew survived the action. So I'm guessing that press article probably wasn't correct. Now I recall there was uh, something unfortunate that happened once you got back to base. What was that about? Very unfortunately, our only fatal casualty during Op Sujai occurred when I was taxiing in to the dispersal on 19th. I turned in to the parking bay following the marshaller's bat signals. When we climbed down the ladder, we learnt that our chiefy had been hit by the wingtip on his right temple. He was standing on the grass shoulder of the taxiway, signalling to the marshaller. It was a pity he was standing just an inch closer than safe and was focused on uh, the marshaller. Uh, he was awake throughout the previous night, supervising the arming and preparing of all aircraft for the early morning sorties. Lack of sleep and rest possibly resulted in a slight misjudgment of distances. The perspex cover of the wingtip navigation light was found cracked. Flight Sergeant Swami was a dedicated and knowledgeable technician held in high esteem by all the air and ground crew. Oh, that is just tragic. So unfortunate to hear. It was a great loss to the base and his funeral was attended by all officers and men on the station, which was a fitting tribute to him. In a spontaneous gesture, all personnel made generous donations to a fund raised to provide substantial immediate support to the bereaved family. 
Well, thank you very much, sir. This has just been a very, very fascinating story, and I cannot thank you enough on behalf of all the listeners for taking the trouble and the time to speak to us today. Thank you for having me for this uh, little chat. I enjoyed uh, recounting it. Uh, it was a memorable event during my service. Well, folks, that's all we have time for. It's been absolutely wonderful listening to Marshal Ramachandran recount the story of his action against the Portuguese. Join us again next week. In the meantime, sign up for updates at blueskiespodcast.com. There you'll find links to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can also write to us with your comments, questions, suggestions and feedback from the website or to blueskies at prganapati.com. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting platform such as Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and even on YouTube. If you like what you heard, share it with your friends, give us a rating in your favorite podcasting app and write us a review. It will help other people find us. I want to give my thanks to Saurav Chaudhia for our logo and Prithvik for the music. I want to reiterate that all the views expressed here are personal and this podcast has not been approved by or reviewed by the Air Force, Ministry of Defense or any branch of the government. In the meantime, stay safe and Jai Hind.